like our new how do you like our new theme song i mean i love it thank you al that's our first and only intro music ever recorded by alan lawrence of chiba prefecture <laughs> japan that's what it's called yeah where well, he lives chiba prefecture that's like region or or something like that or county or state maybe i don't know it's a japanese um like way of breaking up the country sounds like the future if you if you're looking for music in japan though we'll have to get al's your man we'll have to get al's uh website and that kind of stuff anyway thank you alan alan and i go back to to high school in chicago and al is a great musician and we really appreciate his recording of our new theme song which we're going to keep i love it so much yeah, i'm really too. happy with it all right well thank you alan uh this is the needle and the mouse the uh the tech and fashion collision <laughs> and we have a, we're very uh lucky to have a special guest in the studio today the studio being our kitchen table um, welcome, John Januzzi. Thank you. I'm stoked to be here. John is John is a famous blogger. <laughs> so, uh, no, he's not no. a blogger. No, oh, blogger I mean, means yes, something yeah. different. Blogger means something different to you than it does to me. Yeah, blogger. I think in fashion, it's a derogatory fa- yeah, term. Yeah, it's a derogatory term. I have a friend Amol who introduces me to strangers. He says, "And this is Dan. He's a famous blogger." And yeah. I'm like, that "I mean, in any other industry, sounds good, but I would be a blogger because that's like that's basically what I do for a job. But in fashion, if you're a blogger, you're just a girl that puts on yeah. clothes, takes pictures of it, and makes more than everyone around you. Yeah, yeah. You're basically <laughs> a step down from an actress." You basically are an actress, but just, just like, like an internet go, actress. It like doesn't go below D list, so it just it's like an E list thing. <laughs> wow! Oh my god, <laughs> we could do an entire an entire episode just like shitting on bloggers. We could, we could, but there are some good ones out there. Let's there just are some let's really say nice that. ones. Yeah. And John and Lauren worked together at. A long time ago. And we we dealt with a lot of bloggers. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Some fab ones. Uh-huh. No one will understand. That is, that is an inside no joke for le- fewer than three of you. I, Elizabeth Monson will get it. She listens. Who oh, nice. Who has cool. also been a guest. Shout Hello, out to Monson. John, so you should know that our audience is mostly... Men in their late twenties, early thirties, and a lot of them live in Canada or on the West Coast. Cool. Basically, everyone who responds to us and talks to us um, is from there. So you probably have a lot in common with them. Yeah. Except I live. I'm here. In yeah. New except York. you live in New York. I do love Canada, though. It's everyone I know from Canada is really nice. It's great there. And they seem super chill. Yeah. My parents went on their honeymoon there. Oh, to Niagara Falls. No, to um. <laughs> I think that's where my grandparents went on their honeymoon. That's cool. I forget where it was, but it was at that like that hotel that's like a like a Fairmont Castle or something. Oh, Lake Louise. Yeah, I've been there. That's yeah. awesome. They ran into a moose on the road. Nice. Wow. That's kind of what you do there. Yeah, and I think it was like an omen of happiness in their marriage. Yeah, that's great. That's, a, that's an amazing place. We should go there sometime. And you really are allowed to wear some cool uh, outdoorsy clothes in that part of the world. This is true. Isn't that kind of the stuff everyone wears in real life now? Yeah, didn't we have... Weren't we trying to... um, Wasn't there a show last year where we were trying to push beyond the lumberjack look? I don't think I never got there. (laughs) 
What is beyond the lumberjack look? I don't know. It's like the it's like the tech sport ninja. It's oh, like, no, I'm not into that. No, it's I mean I don't think anyone ninja. should. I mean, it's just like you know, a the, lot of the uh, sweatpants suit. It's like technical. It's like technical fabrics with like kind of like very harsh silhouettes that make you look like. It's like a Batman. You kind of look like Batman in street so clothes. So what designers do that? Rag and Bone is actually doing it for next fall, which I thought was interesting. But it's kind of like. It's kind of like the public school okay. vibe. Um, okay. Lots of layers. Lots it's like of the drapes. stuff at Patagonia that we don't buy. Mm. The really technical stuff. Okay. And like, who else did it? Kanye West did it. Some of Kanye's stuff for APC was, that was at the show was like that, but okay. it didn't get picked up. Interesting. I have a question for so. you. Do you know the answer to this? Maybe. So we were looking at this photo of oh, Drake. We did get a response. Oh, we did? All right. Yeah, but... But maybe we should Drake talk about this. Drake posted this thing on Instagram from Coachella, just possibly one of the most uh, awesome-looking photos of all time, hmm. where he's uh, just sitting there with one of those uh, $17,000 women's Apple watches oh. and a red sweatsuit with oh. an owl on it. So I texted my friend Haley, who is Canadian, and said, yo, what's up with Drake's owl sweatsuit? What brand is that? Owl is his own logo, October's very own. Did you know this? Mm-mm. Which is named for his birthday. That's cool. I said, that's cool. He should make a line, fashion line. And she said, well, he kind of does. It's called OVO, a.k.a. Yeah. October's very own. But that's his line? Yeah, I've, I've heard of OVO before. Um, it, it, Jake, Jake Wolf that works at GQ is, is like on that Drake beat. It's um, on the Drake beat. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you work in menswear, someone needs to be on the Drake beat. There's Is a he lot also of... on the Kanye beat? Or he's on the Drake. On the... He's definitely on the Drake, Kanye, and sneaker beat, which is just, you know, that stuff is a little, I'm just a little too old for that. Hmm. Yeah, or you you also like preppy clothes. Yeah, I like preppy clothes, and I like sneakers, but only if they're completely white tennis sneakers. I think everything else is but I really like, can we talk really quickly about white canvas sneakers? Yeah. Do you have any tips for cleaning them? Because no one knows, and everybody tells me the same things that don't work. I think with canvas sneakers, I almost never clean my sneakers mm-hmm. because I buy a pair of canvas sneakers at the beginning of every summer yeah. with the intention to throw them out in September. Um, if you do want to clean them, though, I would, I mean, I've never tried this, but I would assume just taking laundry detergent and, like, kind of scrubbing them. I think that that's what I need to do because yeah. I keep trying. I tried OxyClean. That doesn't work. Bleach is the worst idea. I even yeah. took a pair to the dry cleaners. That was a terrible idea because it was, like, basically as expensive as the sneakers. But I have a really Did expensive. Did I ruin a pair of yours, too, once? I mean, they were probably, probably. the Keds. The Keds, I don't care. It's yeah. just, I buy, they're 40 bucks. I buy a pair at the su- beginning of the summer. I have a very expensive pair of canvas Maison Kitsune sneakers. I love Those are the best canvas. They're so yeah. pretty. And they were a gift. I mm. think you were there when I got them from our mutual friend gave, bought them for me. Yeah. Um, but And they're off-white, so I can't bleach. Like, I, it's very stressful for me. Well, bleach in general is just never – it's really never a good idea when you're cleaning stuff. I had a pair of linen Prada shoes that were really mm-hmm. beautiful, and um, there was some bleaching done to them. And it, it, it really completely fucked them up completely like beyond repair and I could still wear them and they looked kind of cool, but bleach also will seep in. If you, if you bleach too heavily, it'll seep into the fabric. And if you, 
You know, if you get impatient and you dunk shoes in bleach, it really fucks up. It fucks with the sole and the insole. Just stay away from bleach. Okay, I'll stay away from bleach and I'll what figure it out. What is bleach good for? I think for like disinfecting sinks. Yeah. yeah. I guess I use it to clean the humidifier. <clears throat> so you wanted to ask John some questions? <laughs> John, guess what we did yesterday? What'd you guys do? We tried on the Apple Watch. Oh, did you go to the store? Yeah. We had our own in-store so what did appointment. You, what, what did you think? Um, well, we, I'll, should I'll preface, we should preface by saying that we already own Apple Watches. Well, we own the rights to Apple Watches, which will be shipped to us ah. sometime in April or May. I'm kind of like – at first I was very anti, and then that day that all the reviews came out, everyone was like – it did have some cool stuff. And like I just – with me, I just – I've only had – Two, three watches in my life. This is the third one, and the other one was my dad's that I stole from him, and it broke. But I would just wear it when it wasn't broken. And the other one was a Mickey Mouse one that my babysitter bought me when I turned Sweet. eight. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't like. I like this being a function of time and like date only, and I like the way it looks. What kind do you have right now? Is uh, Shinola? Shinola, yeah. It's cool. really cool. It's a gold one. Yeah. We should just do you wear it, it every day? I do. I wear I wear a watch every day, and it's been this one for a really long time because the other one, my dad's, was broken, which I wore for yeah. years. It's um, like a gold link bracelet. Yeah. What style is it? Do you know the name? I think it's a version of the Runwell. And that's they're all under a thousand bucks, right? Yeah, I think this one. I think this one was like eight. And that's like on the expensive end. A lot they, of their watches like are the, like five or six. Really, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. I thought they were more than that. But this one's cool because cool it has this kind of jade blue face. Yeah, I like that. Which, I mean, I, I'd never seen a color like that, so I was like, that's the one I'm going to do. Yeah, that's good. So do you, do you have any interest in an Apple Watch? I, do you find them ridiculous? No, I actually don't find them ridiculous. I just I – like, I picture myself seeing – like, I ta- if I take myself out of seeing – out of myself and I see myself wearing it on the subway, I'd be like, you're a dick. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. feel that way a little. Like, I'm a little a, worried about that. There's a stigma against them, and I don't know if you know. In two or three years, everyone will have one. I like it. I would. I have no problem wearing it for the gym and fitness because, I mean, the people at my gym wear some really crazy stuff. There's a dude that wears a mask every day, and he looks like, like Bane tr- from Batman. Like a mask with electronic sensors in it, or I think protecting so. Gear? I did some investigating, and it's for high altitude training. And oh, wow. I think it either. I think you're only supposed to really wear it when you're at a high altitude, but Soho is like pretty standard altitude. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't really know what his thing is, but he's like, you know, he's one of those. He's you know in the early morning crowd, and like you know he's one of those dudes. It's just like argh, fitness. Which I am also like, but I I don't need a mask to be like. Rah. I think my feeling so far is that it's not going to be as annoying as the Google Glass. Obviously, like the people wearing the Google Glass just look like complete idiots, and you yeah. were just like, "You're an idiot." I haven't even seen one in months. No, I, I mean there was one guy at CES, I've only, and that was the last time I yeah, saw. Yeah, I've him. only seen people at Fashion Week like two years ago wearing yeah. them like looking like complete fools i don't think it's going to be that level i am not going to be showing it off to people but i too like the reason i'm most interested in in it is to communicate with dan because he's going to have one and Mm -hmm. it'll be fun and then also for 
tracking my steps, for working out, things like that. Yeah. The idea that eventually I don't have to t- – I know now you still need your phone for everything, but eventually I wouldn't have to have my phone with me is really appealing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's going to be kind of like the Nike band, which people – a lot of people wore, right. and it became not a big deal. I think it will no one, eventually... No one ever was like, ha-ha, you look like a moron because you're wearing a fuel band. No, I yeah. think eventually it will be like that. I think at first it's going to be a little weird, but I'm yeah. fine with it, especially yeah. after yesterday we tried them on. I'm much more... I'm excited about getting it, whereas before I was like, I'm just going to do this because it's like, A, I've already... I've written about it a lot, too, it's almost as important to what I write about as it is to what you write about. And B, you know, it's just, it's a thing about us as a couple. So let's talk um, a little about the the experience. So basically, um, so I woke up at 3.01 a.m. on Friday morning and pre-ordered our our watches. But um, I still had never tried one on or anything like that. So I also on Friday registered us for an appointment. Um, and the way it works is basically they, I guess they say there's no walk-in appointments or maybe not even like it was not, it was surprisingly under control. Like it was Mm -hmm. not a shit show whatsoever. Um, you know, relative to past Apple store events. Uh, we basically signed up for an appointment online. We went to the Apple store. We even went a little early and they were able to see us right away. And basically you go to a station with an Apple store employee and she has a drawer of watches and a mat and you get to pick on, you get to try on whichever ones you want. Um, different sizes, different, uh, different bracelets, different, do they have the like the seventeen thousand dollar one? This Apple Store does not, and that's actually a separate appointment you need to make. And I think that it's like probably I've, like behind closed doors or something. I think some of them are in a different area. I don't really know. Like there yeah. was there were some people who said that that they did that in a different area, and there's I believe that some people just did it in in one one of these booths. But the we went to the Fourteenth Street Apple Store, and they didn't have them at that store. Yeah. Uh, I think they have them at Soho, Upper West Side, and. Um, the big one. The big one, the yeah. Fifth half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I tried on the both, – both of the ones I tried on were the big size, the sport one, which is the one we ordered, and then also the main one with this leather loop bracelet or whatever it's called. Which was way more attractive in real life than it looks in the photos. Yeah. Which is – everything else I think is kind of the opposite. It looks a little better in the photos, but I thought the loop leather loop – Band looked much better. Yeah, in real and you life. tried on the sport, which is the one that we're getting, mm-hmm. and then I think the modern buckle. Yeah, and I tried on the modern buckle. And on on the and I felt I felt that both sizes of the watch were smaller than I was anticipating in terms of like, like how big the square is. Yeah. Um, and I think that the small we ordered you a small one. And I think that's going to be the right size. Yeah, because I'm not a small person, but I have a really small wrist, and it was perfect. So I think, like, for most women, unless you are really tiny, like, I have really small wrist yeah. compared to, like, I think compared to most women. So I think that that watch would be okay unless you're really, really, really tiny. Like, you're, like, the size of a child. Yeah. And so the – and then okay. the demo units were just running through a loop of demo stuff. So you could – See mm-hmm. the screen. You could see how bright it was. You could see it in action, and you could also feel the little 
Uh, they call it taptic, but it's just haptic feedback. It's basically like the watch t touching you on the wrist to oh. send you an alert. Um, and then there's another station that was just a bunch of watches that were kind of uh, secured in this this holder. And that's where you could actually – those were live watches, so you could actually play with them and try the different settings and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that was actually – I found that – I'm like – more ex much more excited about the watch than I was before using it because it actually seems like there's going to be enough stuff to do on it that it's not that I, I'm not going to have to justify that it's just a, a timepiece like yeah if if you're just buying it because it looks good which I don't know why I don't think anyone's doing do that, that not at this point it's not if I don't care what it looks like at all I care about what it does and that's what I actually frustrated me a little bit about the appointments they don't have they have ones that are functioning but not as many and so during your appointment you get one that's not actually functioning and I didn't care about like seeing how it looked really I really cared about um the actual usage so when yeah. we did something that didn't require an appointment which was like go up and just try one of I mean, can you explain that? Because it just yeah I, I wouldn't understand that I was shocked that well we should have done it in, a, in the opposite order we should have. Yeah, I was just shocked that that's how it was. Because the appointment is up. actually not a. Here's how you use the watch. That mm -hmm. that's that'll probably be a separate appointment mm -hmm. once you've purchased one. Like they'll they'll probably set you up with it and teach you all the functions. The the fitting appointment is really just a fitting. Like it's there's a there's a drawer with I don't know probably thirty different Apple watches. There are twenty eight different Apple watches um, of all the different shapes and sizes and wristbands and and colors and that kind of stuff. And it was really literally just a fitting. Like, here's how the wristbands work. Here's the two different sizes. Here's the two different weights. And the, those watches were all on just a demo loop. So mm. you could see them. You could see the screen, and you can do that kind of stuff. But you couldn't actually use those watches. They wouldn't respond to touch or anything like that. Whereas uh, on a, in a different place in the store, they have this, this – Apple, of course, being Apple, they built this special display, which is an iPad mini – in like a little plastic box right, yeah, yeah. with a watch that's also attached to this plastic box. It was like basically on a plastic wrist, you know, and that watch was actually on and paired with that iPad, I guess. Because mm. um, that's the thing is the watch can't work on its own. It has to be paired with a phone to do anything. So I think these iPads were kind of standing in for that phone. And those watches you could do stuff with, like you could you know change the face you could look through the apps you could send a dummy message and that kind of stuff and that's so where like if you if you if you have an android or a samsung there's you you have no there's no reason to get an apple watch no you would you wouldn't be able you to need use the it. Phone. yeah you that's need an iphone 5 or newer and that but a lot of the android watches are the same thing you need mm -hmm. a uh actually they're i think they're just now launching the android watch stuff for iphone but it won't work as well as if right. you have an Apple Watch because there's a lot of stuff that it can't do in the background. Well, and it's interesting what you say about the size of the face too because that's the one thing. Every smartwatch I've ever had, it feels like a – it's really high off your wrist because there's like all this you know, the yep. crap underneath yeah. the face. And that is a huge turnoff. So it's like that doesn't help Apple at all unless – People actually see them and they see that they're not as big. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it is bulbous. It's taller, so, yeah. It is, bulbous not, is a good way. Um, it's definitely taller than I want it to not be. It's probably twice bad. as thick as I want it to be. Mm. But the actual size is not that bad. So it's almost more spherical than you'd want it to be. So John, you have 
your readers are mostly men. Yes. Do you feel like they are interested in this stuff or not really? And do you think like, will there be guys that work in fashion menswear that buy this? Do you think, or do you think it will not really? Um, I don't, I think right now it's, it's kind of a thing that it's cool not it's if you work in menswear it's cool not to want the watch just yeah. because it's new and like no one's really tested it and it's like you know it's like any apple product the fir- it's the first version and like it's going to go through so many redesigns and i'm sure the shape of the face will change at some point like yeah. you'll probably always have that square available but when it gets to be a little more traditional like if it had a circle face i would be much more open to it from the get go um and i just don't think that you know, I think that, you know, when you're talking about men's st- people that work in men's style, there are so few things that men can cling to with style. Like you have your clothes, which, you know, is like, you know, you have your pants, like whatever shirt you're wearing or a suit. And like, you know, your options are very limited, your shoes. But the biggest like one of the biggest things is the watch. And, you know, a seventeen thousand dollar Apple watch is never going to be the same as a seventeen thousand dollar Rolex or yeah. Cartier. And it's just like. Yes, that is correct. Yes, yeah. I think that be true. I think that um, I don't think they're even pitching them that way. I think they're no. pitching them as more equivalent to a seventeen thousand dollar flight from Dubai to uh, Beijing or something yeah. like that. Do you think first people class. will wear them like double up? They're too that's, so. Big. That's the other thing. Yeah. So people who love their watches, like, what are they going to do? You could argue that if they are really um, attached to the to the features and functions of an Apple watch. So they just will only wear that. But like my friend, Mark, same story. He's like, I don't know what to do. I I almost wish that you could wear an Apple watch, like on the inside of your palm, like as a band for your normal watch, which is kind of ridiculous, but like what's what, what else? Um, And this is one of the more interesting things. There's going to be a really fascinating market of accessories, I think, because from what I've heard um, secondhand, of course, Apple's going to be permissive with people making third-party bands. Um, and I think people might make some interesting bands. Like maybe there'll be a, a belt loop band or something like yeah. that, um, you know, to use it as a pocket watch. Why not? It just sounds funny. It sounds funny, but why not? Yeah. Like, Well, and it's also – Because that, that, uh, the way that the, the bands come on and off, they just like – there's a little mechanism in there that yeah. that you press a button and you can slide out the band. So why not – Someone, you know, someone might make a, a hook that goes under the belt loop for one, yeah. or you know, I don't know, an inklet, or um, totally. or <laughs> I have other ideas which I'll save. Headbands, but. like all, like yeah, headbands. I mean, it's just a, you know, but here's the thing: it's like you know. Bur- so, did you see that thing that Burger King has a clothing line that they launched at McDonald's? Oh yeah, that was very funny. No, so I like, did not see. That. I think I can't remember which just burgers all over, it right? Yeah, it just had hamburgers all mm-hmm. over it. But it's like I go to Burger King for my fries and my like fast food cheeseburgers. I don't go to for them to them for clothes. And if I want to watch, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't go to Apple. I would be much. I'm much more interested to see how. You know, watchmakers with like years and like generations of experience are going to approach the smartwatch in the future because if you know it has the same amount of functionality, but it has you know it's like Swiss made, which I think the I think Apple's are finely made, but 
you know, if Rolex or Raymond Weil or Shinola has something with the same functionality that's actually produced in partnership with Apple, I'd be way yeah. more into that. Yeah, I think I'm, the partnership, because the whole thing with that kind of stuff is the software, right? Like, yeah. to, to make good software, I think, is really hard, especially if you're not. But it's hard for tech companies to make good software. Yeah. And so, so I would be very skeptical if Apple ever did anything like that. Um, that was they when they were testing phones out, I don't know if you remember, they did something with Motorola called the Rocker. And that was like, it was a Motorola phone with iTunes on it. And it was mm. a shitty iTunes and it was a yep. shitty phone. And Apple, they almost did it like, uh, <laughs> it was like a hate follow or something like that. They mm. were just like, yeah, we're going to, yeah. <laughs> let's see how, how truly bad this industry is that we're about to destroy with the iPhone. So, uh, meanwhile, Google, though, is partnering with those companies and Google and Intel and because Android Wear, you know, is is a free operating yeah. system that, that you know, pretty much any watchmaker could somehow um, latch on to. And um, and the question is, like, just how much you're going to get out of that in a watch that doesn't have, you know, a screen on it. And then I mean, so they could they could definitely put in sensors and a chip and a battery and measure your steps and that kind of stuff, but yeah. you won't be able to see it. Maybe you'll see it on your phone, you know, I don't know. And I don't know. Is that going to be good enough? Um, the other thing is that the Swiss watch, I've been doing a lot of research on Swiss watch and it's Swiss watches. And it's interesting to be called a Swiss watch. A certain percentage of everything has to be done in Switzerland, mm-hmm. but none of these chip companies are in Switzerland. None of the software companies are in Switzerland. So you're going to, ha- you have a situation where the Swiss companies can no longer call these Swiss watches because they're technically not. And then they're counting on, and the Swiss watch industry, much like Apple actually, is is very vertically integrated. They own all the component makers. Yeah. They own their retail stores, all that stuff. And now they have to work with software companies in Silicon Valley and chip companies in, you know, in the West Coast of America to to do this stuff. So it's going to be and, – and they don't have any experience doing that. Like they only yeah. have experience building stuff in-house. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean it's it's possible, and I'm kind of skeptical that – Putting a step counter in a in a Tag Heuer watch is going to make people want to buy one of those. Right. I don't know. Um, but I mean, the only way for it to really truly work is it has to have the same level of functionality and software. Yeah. Think, but then that's not an heirloom either. Like that has a shelf life too. I think true. the only way for any of this to work is if it's not about it being a watch. It has to be about all the crap. A it wrist does. computer. And that's why. Yeah. That's to me, like the thing. My dream is to be able to use one of these and it pop up like. A screen pop up and you know in what would that be called? Like a hologram? Yeah, like a hologram. Ooh. That's what I want. Wow. I want that's a like hologram. Very, very you are nerdier than I thought. I but like it. I would rather have like a nice looking watch that had a hologram pop up and I could do all my stuff on hmm. a hologram. So you want Google Glass? On um, yeah, but on my I'd much rather have that on my wrist because yeah. I don't wear glasses and most right, people right, don't right. and that's I mean. Most people don't watch, wear watches either. Well, most women at least. That something like that is much more appealing to me than like I don't. It can't be about the watch. It has to be about all the things that it does. So let's um, let's make a prediction. Six months in, do you think you'll still wear an Apple Watch every day? I can't. I can't answer that. I hope so because it's three hundred fifty dollars, three hundred seventy-five dollars, or whatever. I'm I'm not sure about myself because I I've tried all those other trackers and I've stopped using them after like a month. I use my tracker on my iPhone. Yeah. If I if I had one, it would be in 
my there's like one drawer in my apartment that's just full of crap. Nice. Um, yeah. And that's exactly where it would be, and it would have dust on it. I know. I just I know myself, and it's just like, you know, there's a novelty to it that makes it really interesting. Maybe I would wear it to the gym, but like, you know, I. First of all, it's interesting that they're for it's from a style perspective. It's interesting that they're launching in spring summer because that it watch is going to be much more visible because people aren't wearing coats. There's nothing to cover it up. And like if I, you know, today I'm just wearing a t-shirt and pants. I could not imagine a little glowing screen. I like it's just And that's something that I bet they didn't think about. Well, of course they and didn't they supposedly wanted to launch it last fall. The thing but is it wasn't too, ready. Like, whenever any of these tech companies are like, you know, when you talk about the merging of tech and style, I don't, there are so few examples of when it has actually happened and been done seamlessly or well like google glass is was just like a you know it was like a, a never-ending comedy of just like we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and like you're it's just gonna look like crap you know and i don't i don't think the apple watches look like crap but it's just you know have you ever you seen do. have you ever seen anyone wearing one of those opening ceremony watches no no i mean no. that's a bracelet it's yeah. not Whatever. a watch i don't even know um apparently they have um upgraded the like technology i got an email about it but um here's the thing to me that bothers me about how apple has done this is that they went after the fashion industry that's not how something becomes cool no like it to for something to become cool which is it seems like they do want it first of all the fashion industry probably like 20 percent of it is cool the rest of it is very uncool. Like the people that need to be wearing this are like the cool people on like street streetwear. Like Drake. I mean, to I, some don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know anything think, about yeah. Drake, but like Kanye. Yeah. To me, is I don't I I'm, I don't understand how, but I have missed everything about Drake after he was on Degrassi, which I did watch. <laughs> what but, about him and um, Amanda Bynes on Twitter? I you you have told me about oh, yeah. this, but. If Kanye was wearing it, like, Kanye is cool. Like, he's... Yeah, how do you think he's going to approach this? I don't think... He's probably going to approach it with Adidas before anyone else. And and I also think he'll probably wait to think see if Apple Jim Watch? Moore, the creative director of GQ, likes it. And if he likes it, maybe he'd wear it. He's going like to ask John Tui, too. He no. might. And John Tui, too, will be like, no, I hate... I'm not doing this. What is an Apple Watch? Yeah. yeah. I feel like he would definitely hate it. And it's just like, you know, it's not... People put so much, you know, focus on like a very small percentage of people, and they're like, "Oh, if the fashion people are down with it, then it'll suddenly trickle down everywhere." But that's total bullshit. Yeah, like most fashion people are not cool, and they look like vic- fashion victims most of yeah. the time. So it's like that to me is where they've gone wrong on this. I mean, this is coming from someone who bought it and who was excited about it, but I did not buy it as a fashion thing, and that's what I think they they should have gone in a different. They should have just marketed it like they marketed all their other products exactly. and people would be interested or not. And I also think, I mean, and we'll see, we'll look back, but like we've talked about this a bunch on here, but I'm not sure that having all these options was the right way to go. I think you say, this is the best option and this looks really good if you don't like it. That's your problem. Well, yeah, and I think they should have just looked to the past because, you know, if you look at, do you remember the old IMAX, the colored ones? Yeah. You know, they had a great ad campaign behind that, and then they had it in, you know, it was in, they had it in movies, it was in Legally Blonde, like, all of this stuff, and it just sort of became this cool thing that, like, 
when you were getting a computer, you wanted that stuff. And when they came out with the iPod, originally there were only there was the five, the ten, and the twenty gig, I think, and that was it. And they were all the classic. And then as that went on, they gave you the more options, like the yeah. mini, and then the nano, and then the shuffle, and then they got rid of the classic. But you know, it's just they should have. I don't know why they tried to pitch it as a fashion thing. It's not It's not going to be on any magazine covers. And if it is, it's going to look like well, shit. Well, it has been, and it looks dumb. Who, what cover? Except, uh, like, Vogue, Vogue China, China, right? But yeah, that doesn't count. you know what? The Evening Standard, or one of the UK publications, their style magazine did it, and they did an amazing cover. Mm. And it looks very like the face circa, like, 1998. It's very yeah. cool, but... It, and it it will be, but that doesn't make it like fashion magazines aren't cool. Yeah, and <laughs> like it, well, some of them are, but but not most of them aren't. And well, that's and when the, you're speaking when you're speaking to something like the Apple Watch. I mean, it's not fashion magazines in general are speaking to women because that's just the lay of the land. And I think that something like the Apple Watch can at best will be skewed near half and half men and women. And yeah. but I'm thinking it's mostly going to be men. And there are very few men's, you know, style and fashion magazines out there that are, you know, accessible and kind of like, you know, the grocery store kind of magazine. And, yeah. You know, it's just like, I don't see the fashion angle there because, you know, those magazines have a history of fetishizing the beautiful, you know, timepieces and not tech. I mean, if it's in Wired, that's great. And I think maybe that's where they should yeah. be going. But Do you think uh, Popeye or Free and Easy – are going to be uh, I mean that could be huge for them. Yeah. I'm assuming they're marketing it a lot in in Japan. Well, you know, like, you that's know a that different, like that's a different market. They all have like 8000 they each man there probably has 15 watches. So they probably want it. I bet that'll be one of their biggest biggest markets to start. Cuz people well, there want new 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 new. And yeah. I f- I feel as though like, you know, there's been this whole movement in the past you know, maybe six months or a year of like moving away from technology and kind of like, you know, trying to get back some like, like nineties life where it wasn't always connected to everything. And this is just another barrier to that. And it's, you know, it's interesting that it's almost, it's so it's forward thinking to have it, but it's also counterculture at the same time. Oh, original game boy. Fromer just hold up, held up a game boy. What game is in there? Mario two, six golden coins. Oh, uh, does it still classic. work? Yes, it does. Yeah, that's but sound. sound. Oh, that's the contrast. I don't. Ooh, I turned the contrast. I got this on eBay because mine. I had originally. I had sold my original Game mm-hmm. Boy to get a game, a Sega Game Gear. Don't ever, oh. don't ever do that. You no, know, Game Gear had some good games. I mean, there was all the Sonic. The screen and... was horrible though. Oh well, Lemmings on Game Gear was. Jam. Okay, this this anyway, is a different podcast. No. I'm not interested in this. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Classic video games will start in 15 minutes. Anything else you want to talk about regarding well, so the watch? The, yeah, so one of the, and this is kind of something else we want to talk about. One of the interesting things they're doing with the watch is building out these micro stores in department stores. Um, mm, okay. At Gallery Lafayette in Paris, at Isetan in Tokyo, and I think Selfridges in London. Mm, yeah, that's a really great department store. Yeah, and so anywhere it, in the U.S. No. Huh. Yeah. Well, are there any great department stores left in the U.S. that are not within half a block of, an, of a, a nicer Apple store? No. 
That's true. The only two good department stores left in the U.S. are literally a half a block from the Apple Yeah. <laughs> Bar- what? Barney's and... Barney's, Barney's and Bergdorf's. Yeah. So um, I think it's interesting, and I'm just curious overall, like, when I'm on the road, I actually do spend uh, an absurd amount of time in malls and department stores. What? Malls on the road? So yeah, like in Japan, in Tokyo oh. or Paris or... Malls are the greatest. But it's interesting that... And Apple actually has... I. Th- I would guess more than half of the Apple stores in the U.S. are in malls. Yes. Yeah. Well, so you want to know what's happening. I don't know. What's going on with the department store? So I, I haven't done enough research. I'm working Is the Apple Watch kiosk this. like the future of the department store? I think that those department stores – department stores abroad are very different than the way department stores are run here. Like Selfridges is basically a bunch of shop and shops. Okay. So every brand – rents out a section and they also have you know if you're like there does they have a designer section but in general it's like a top shop section a Mm. gucci section um a valentino section a miss selfridges section because that's a brand in the uk and that's a different model from the way most malls are are i mean most department stores are set up here which is they'll have one or two shopping shops or three or four but the rest of it is just yeah but the rest of it is just all product that's bought by the re- by the department store itself um and i think that abroad department stores are still really valuable i don't know i the, the one thing to say is that department stores aren't doing that badly like i i should have pulled up more data but even macy's has been really good at like cost cutting and um macy's got a lot of work to do though yeah i mean they're not enjoyable shopping experiences like when we went to that Macy's in Philadelphia and they were having a sale and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. So I remember like department stores and malls. I mean, I, so the mall that I grew up with, we had, when we were growing up, we had a G Fox, we had Lord and Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a JC Penny there and, um, a Filene's and then Nordstrom opened and Nordstrom was kind of like a new generation of department stores yeah. that like, you know, you would walk through Filene's or any of those stores, and it was so crowded. There was just, like, I remember after the holidays, there were all these, like, really cheesy tables covered in, like, cheap fragrances. And just, like, it was, you had to go through it. You would park at the department store, and then you would walk through the department store to get to the mall. So you always had to go through there, and it just sucked. But Nordstrom's was kind of, like, this breath of fresh air. Like, it's wide. It's open. You know, it's a little more higher end than the other ones. But it's, you know, I think, I forget the hell what the hell I was talking about now. Just where they're going. Well, I think that, you know, department stores, I think I feel like they're probably – the shop and shop model I feel like I've been seeing more of. Like, and yeah. Especially in men's. Nordstrom is actually doing it yeah. a lot now. And they are seen as like a more Wasn't that what Ron Johnson was trying to do with JCPenney? Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the reason I don't know, that – I guess America just can't handle well, that. Well, what happened there is he stopped doing discounts. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's the other big issue in, in retail in the U.S. in general is that it's completely driven by discounts. Abroad, even in the U.K. where people are like crazy shoppers and everyone's in insane debt, they don't have as many sales as they do here. Yeah. Like the, you, there are sales every single weekend. And so he didn't want to do any discounting. And so – people freaked out and stopped shopping there. And also yeah. there is a certain kind of person that shops there and they may not want to 
have super designy things. Like no. they're going there for a reason. Um, but I think it more than anything, it was about the discounting. Well, and I think what, the reason people shop at JCPenney is they're shopping for their entire family at one time. Yeah. And, you know, when you're buying, you know, when you're speaking to, you know, about people like you and I, it's like, you know, I don't have to support anyone. I can go to Bergdorf's and, like, spend some money and not think about it. But, like, yeah. when you're buying back-to-school clothes at the end of the summer, and, like, you're, like you're, let's say you're a mother doing that. You have, like, three kids. You have to buy a shit ton of stuff for them. You have to get stuff for yourself. You probably get something for, like, your husband or, like, the baby daddy. And it's just, like, you know, you have to spend a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, well, here, here are my thoughts. One is if you look branching out from department stores and looking at malls in general because department stores are the anchors of malls, whether it's a high-end or a low-end one. High-end malls are still doing well. Low-end malls are doing terribly. Like the mall that I grew up going to, I don't even know if it's still open. And at some point, all the department stores left. And it and the the other place people are shopping and, and what's changed is places like Old Navy. Old Navy is doing really, really well right now because this stuff is super, super cheap. All these fast fashion stores have changed that mm. too. And also the internet has changed it. Like we buy all of our perish I mean they're not perishables, like all of our cleaning supplies and toilet paper. We buy that all on Amazon and I don't think even if we did live near a place that had it we wouldn't shop like that because it's super cheap to do it that way and i think especially if you live like or you're going to walmart for that stuff so a place like i mean i remember my grandma talking about it that like sears and jc penny were the equivalent to walmart when she was you know in her 30s and 40s it was like oh that's where you go if you need really cheap stuff because you're poor and now Walmart is was like a rung lower than that. And so those kinds of stores have just basically that's why specialty retail like the Gap places like that are having trouble too. It's like anything that's like cheap but not so cheap that you're you know it feels free are struggling. And it's like either at the really high end or the really low end people are doing well and I think um malls have just failed because those anchor department stores stopped bringing people in. I, I had, I'm working on a story about this. I need to look at like why Macy's has been able, I think they're just really good at cost cutting and we, we forget how that you're right. Like we don't live in a, the world that most people live yeah. in. Um, I think on the high end that department stores, you know, have just have so much more competition from boutiques that do have really good customer experience and also the internet. Like, you can just find more stuff. I'm not going to go to Bergdorf if I can find it on the internet for free shipping. And it's easier. I, think, I don't have to go in there. You yeah. Know? I think it's interesting that what's surviving from the mall is the food court. And you have, like, Bourdain Market yeah. that's opening and – you know, all the I, maybe that's just a New York thing. No, L.A. too, no, the Grand Central Market. Court. David Chang actually wrote a great piece in GQ about the rebirth of the food court. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to mention one more thing. Um, so there's also shop and shops um, – oh, department store shop and shops, but also Apple Watch boutiques in major cities around the world, including Colette in Paris, Dover Street Market in London and Tokyo, Maxfield in Los Angeles, and The Corner in Berlin. Oh, those are all, like, really 
really, yeah. really exclusive high-end stores. Yeah, they're going after the fashion crowd again with that. I mean... They're going after tourists with that. That's true. Like, crazy tourists. I know, because everyone, everyone that actually... Every fashion person I know actually hates a lot yeah. of those stores. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny is that I was... We again, saw I was doing Carl Lagerfeld at Colette once, though. I've seen Carl Lagerfeld at Colette about seven times. <laughs> I, I asked someone if he have. worked there. I really have. Um, the first someone, time we went, we went there, I went up to the register, and no one was paying attention to me. And I was like, why aren't these people? I'm buying a 20-euro necklace. Yeah. And it was because Carl Lagerfeld was right next to me. It was funny. Uh, I was doing, when I was writing about the Swiss watch industry, I, something like 35% of Chinese tourists buy a watch while they're traveling. It's like an absurdly that's high. Nuts. Yeah, that's yeah. who's buying. There's that's an amazing research report about Chinese tourists and about all the luxury stuff they buy when they travel. And something like 35% of them buy a watch while they're traveling. Well, you should see that when the new iPhone comes out, you see the lines at the Apple oh, yeah. stores. Yeah. They have, there's bus tours. Right. Well, now that's so one of the interesting things that um, that the new retail boss of Apple, Angela Ahrens, who is the CEO of Burberry, um, one of her big initiatives for this for the watch launch is no in-store purchasing. You have to order your watch online. Even if you're standing in the store, you go on the Apple website and order your watch online so that you have to swipe a credit card so that you can't use a wad of cash to buy 20 Apple Watches and then smuggle them she, over the- She's also really – I mean, Burberry has done a lot of stuff with in-store um, – like purchasing things in store and having it shipped to your house and they're really into that so a lot of that it's like smoke and mirrors marketing but they're super serious about it and i think it's really paid off for them it it can sound kind of gimmicky but they have so much information about their their customers and that's another part of it is like having that extra amount of information about your customers is really valuable oh yeah true um so there was one thing i wanted to talk about which is this Kickstarter. And I want to talk about Kickstarter in general. So Is it the, uh, the Pebble 2 watch? No. So it's this brand called Victory, Victor Athletics. And it's based in Cincinnati. I think they must have gotten funded completely. But it's like... Yeah, I think they were... What are they, what are they at now? This was a few days ago. No, I'll look it up. I think their goal was 100 Their goal was $100,000. You, you, What's it called? Victor Athletics. And so, obviously, I mean, it's it's kind of a pre-order type situation. You commit to twenty five bucks and you get a T-shirt. But it's all made in the U.S. Yeah, they they blew past. So they were wanted a hundred thousand. They've gotten a hundred four thousand. The stuff is really nice looking. I only got a T-shirt, and now I kind of wish I had gotten a couple other things because it looks great. Um, it's all made here. The thing is, this is not a new story. Like. Obviously, a lot of fashion brands have launched it on Kickstarter. What's uh, interesting to me about this is it looks really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't think of another thing on Kickstarter that I've been like, oh, that's awesome. I have to buy it, at least when it comes to clothes. Um, and so, from I wanted to, first of all, talk to you about, you've bought a lot of stuff on Kickstarter. Yeah, and it's interesting how Kickstarter has changed. So there's three things. First of all, the, the in, inherent and inevitable disappointment of Kickstarter, which is you back something and then it shows up 
six months to two years after you expect it to. And that happened a lot in the early days. Um, I think a lot of that was when people were actually using Kickstarter for what it what it right. pledged to be, which is, okay, we want to make this. Now, now let's get a bunch of money together to make it. And I think that pissed off a lot of people because they would either get the, some stuff just some projects just never never finished um i got this liquor infuser thing that came like a year after i was supposed to get it i got this ipod iphone charging dock like six months late and and yeah. the week before the new iphone 5 came out which needed a whole different charging system this so to ship in july right so now you see companies and then kickstarter like made this blog post because then people were starting to use kickstarter as essentially a pre-order system right. for stuff that was either finished or almost finished they're like we just need this money to you know to, to pay for the order basically and then Kickstarter didn't like that. They wrote this post that said Kickstarter is not a store. Like they really wanted to be this grassroots thing. But it, whatever whatever yeah. happened, like it's still happening. Um, and it's interesting. So uh, it like these projects, the, the amount of money sounds like it's a lot of money to an individual person. Um, so if you look at like the, the Pebble, which is the smartwatch company, just had their second product on Kickstarter – and it raised twenty point three million dollars. Oh my god! Which sounds like a lot of money, and I think it's the number one Kickstarter of all yeah. time. That's a lot. Of but money. it's only seventy eight thousand backers, so that's you know less yeah. than a hundred thousand watches. Apple probably sold two million Apple watches this week. Um, so it's really it's it's yeah. it's still shockingly niche. Like you look at uh, Victor Athletics, yeah, a hundred thousand dollars, but only one thousand and nine backers. So yeah, they got a hundred. They got a thousand customers out of this, which is all right. I mean, well, it's but you for, have to remember that there are some small fashion brands that only do two hundred thousand dollars a year in sales. Okay, cool. I mean, that, I'm not saying that that's a viable business and that people should be doing it, but there are brands that only take in two hundred grand for their yeah. first few no, years. No, hey, it's great. It's and it's definitely it seems to be a really good platform now for taking pre-orders of stuff that is mm-hmm. either. You know, almost finished or finished and just needs to go to the production. Well, and the other thing about the Victor guys is they were fairly well connected already. They their Kickstarter page was like professional to a point, like a very like the video that they produced. I was like, I will give these guys ten dollars. I'm also the kind of person on Kickstarter. I give my money to Kickstarter, and I I assume I'm spending that money and it's gone. Yeah, I I gave enough to get something, and I was just I don't even accept it because I don't want to deal with the like. The weird follow-up and stuff. Like, I donated to that website, Femsplain, and, you know, there are, there are, like, all these different rewards you can get. And I'm just – I kind of use Kickstarter in the way that's, like, you know, like, you know, you, you're donating to a friend's cause. I don't expect to see that money ever again. I just think it's cool, and I think it should exist. Do you – have you seen other – because the thing that was interesting to me about this is, like, think about Etsy and all the lo- fashion lines on Etsy and how, like, most of them are, are not good. Like, it's not – this is obviously, like you said, they're well-connected. Like, these guys are making this stuff here. That's really hard to do. Yeah. So you need to have connections. Design-wise, it looks really good. I don't know that much about them, but I bet at least one of them has a design background that's, like, impressive. Have you seen more stuff like that on there? Because at first it just seemed like all the fashion stuff was, you know, Etsy-ish. 
I think no, I haven't. I haven't really seen a lot of great fashion stuff on there. It, it is mostly Etsy-ish, and I think that you know one other website where you see crap like that is Beta Brand, and I think that oh yeah, that there's thing. such absolute shit on there. Yeah, that's terrible. Do there you was, know that guy? We're gonna get a follow up on that. I bet you. You know that I person. Know. I think we know. I someone. don't really know. But people are always sending me a link to the sweatpants or whatever. Well, it's like they have it's you know Beta Brand is something that basically you know I feel like I know lot one of, of the founders. It's a good concept, but I think a but lot the of clothes this, are terrible. The clothes are horrible. I mean, there was one dude who made a one piece suit that just was like you just zip it up and it, the shirt is built inside of it. That's and I'm a like, great, why are that's you? That's great link bait for, yeah. for the internet. I was just like, why are you? Why are you perverting one of the most classic menswear pieces? Like because you're fucking lazy, and you yeah. know it's a lot of like these jeans are also sweatpants. No pants. man, see this is this is San Francisco culture. Well, yeah, that's what. Well, it is. yeah, that's and the- well, all it's missing now is a button that gets a robot to come pick it up and clean it for you, so you never have to talk to another person. Well, and that's the funny thing because I bet anyone listening to this is probably like those fucking New Yorkers. Well, but like, you know I, what? We're right. What? I, well, that's the thing I was just gonna say is it. It also comes down to like the sto- snobbishness of. And one of our readers had asked about this. I guess he was at South by Southwest, and we talked about it last time, so I don't want to harp on it but he was at south by southwest and he did a bunch of the fashion panels and he felt like the fashion people he's a developer somewhere i think mm. um i don't want to say where i don't want him to get fired but it doesn't matter um he said he felt like they weren't being, being responsive to him and i was like well fashion people are snobby yeah and also who are we to say that that zip up thing if it sells like good for them but we think it's crappy do you know what I mean? Like we're like that's not allowed, but really, and it and I think this is this comes back to the whole why ha- haven't there been good fashion tech relationships? Because fashion tech people don't understand why. From you also think a zip up suit is stupid, right? You're like in the middle. No, no, I would never wear a zip up. You would suit. never wear it, but yeah. you think it's funny at least. I think it's funny to like make a picture of it. I don't but, know that you need to actually make it. And but sell there it. are, but there are people who don't understand why that's not. It's like a discernment. They don't understand why that's not that cool or why that's not okay fashion wise. Yeah, and it's this weird, and that's why the Kickstarter was interesting to me because those guys could have also just done pre order on a website. Right, but I guess. Kickstarter gives you more buzz and all that stuff. And there have been, there was that like shirt line ministry of supply that has become a brand now, Mm -hmm. but it's still not fashion. It's like on the Bonobos track, you know, (laughs) we really say a lot of nasty stuff about Bonobos on here. It's probably, it's actually Bonobos. Bonobos. Is it really? No. Someone on Twitter was, was, I forgot what it was, but uh, never mind. I'm not going to remember it. So it doesn't matter. But it, you know what's interesting about Bonobos is they they grew they've grown huge and I think w- the one thing that they do that really annoys me is they have one of those stores that you can't actually buy anything in yeah yeah but they are they're responding to the market in a good way and they've hit like those guys who are like that mid range of like they want to look good but like they're not gonna go to like Barney's dot com like no. they they want something that will I just make them look nice they are you know what they're good at taking this. San Francisco tech guy and making stuff that he can appreciate, but that isn't offensive. Exactly. Yeah. To the point of like, it's like the soylent of clothes. 
Yes. Bonobos is people. Uh, <laughs> no, the, the fake food. Yeah, I know you're talking about that's super weird. Does that but mean? I wonder, Dan, I wonder if you and I weren't married, if you would shop at Bonobos. This nah. is, you know, I don't Although so once either. I order from really Blue Fly. It. Oh, my God. Hey, they had some good stuff on there. I ordered a Ben Sherman shirt, and it just was too ugly. But, I had to send it back. It was like blue and brown. But, like, you also loved your J. Crew. That's, to yeah. me, is is the appropriate, like, that's like fashion yeah. light. Well, and it's all, but Bonobos, I will say, they also, they just made a great suit out of, oh, like, a great. very great um, elastic kind of stretchy suit. Is which this is the a new... story that you were running in the suit and you guys took all these like fashion photos? Yeah. Of so mine, the, the suit that I had was Paul Smith and it was, you know, it's meant to have, it has elastic in it. Yeah. I it, actually thought it would be good for you. It's like very resilient and resistant against wrinkles, but the Bonobos one had a little more elastic in it and you could really feel it in the clothes before you put them on. Um, and that's like a whole thing that's happening in suiting now in general. I think we're getting a little off, top, off topic from Victor, but um, it's fine, dude. There are no topics no. here. Oh, okay, but like you know, I think they have some interesting stuff. And like I have sent guys to Bonobos before that I'm like, you know, I know they've done the J Crew thing, and it just doesn't work from a fit perspective. And the the magic bullet for them was their pants. Yeah, and also aesthetics. Like I think it's an aesthetic thing too. If you like that aesthetic, it's not. It's the same thing. Their their women's brand. I actually think their women's clothes are really nice looking. I think they're overpriced, and mm. I just wouldn't. If I'm gonna spend seven hundred dollars on a coat, I'm gonna wait to get a designer coat on sale. Right. Like my um, La Mer coat was six hundred bucks on sale. It was originally thirteen hundred. It's beautiful. It's like really well made in in France. Like why would I buy a made in China coat? Or even if it's I, yeah. I just something that doesn't have any like, you know, it just to me it's a little overpriced. I think for guys who don't want to think about things, that it's probably a really great place to shop. Well, it's also one of those places that the girlfriends bring the guys, and they're like, "We're just gonna get you." Yeah, it's like their one shot attempt at like making over their boyfriend. Yeah, yeah I didn't really remember where we did that. Yeah, J Crew, Old Navy. <laughs> really? I don't know. I actually have one more question for you, John, before mm. we switch topics. Do you think a bunch um, – oh, Ralford. No, you can't bark today. Ralph, hey, Ralford just wanted to make his, his – Ralford just wanted to say appearance. hi. Do you think um, a bunch of fashion companies are going to spend any effort this uh, like holiday season trying to make Apple Watch bands or anything like that? Because one, one of my takeaways from the trip to the Apple store yesterday is I could totally see myself with like five to ten wrist, right. wristbands. I think – I mean I think that – you know, for the Apple Watch, the the band is the equivalent to the case for the iPhone. Yeah. So ap- I mean, absolutely. Like, and, but you could, like, who switches? I don't know. I don't switch out. A, I don't have a case, but I would never switch it out, I like, every day. I think a lot day. of people do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have, I mean, I have one case, and I actually only use it when it's cold outside. I think a lot yeah. of people have two or three cases that, I mean, I just bought a new case, and how long have we had these for? Six months. So I bought a new one, so. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's is that good, marble? Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fake marble. I don't fake like marble. it. Has like a It'd be hilarious logo. if there was a real like marble. That. This is my granddad. At, at Colette, case. they totally sell like modified uh, iPhones for like 4,000 euros or something. Oh, They're shit. pretty hilarious. Hey, Ralph, you can With like either like wood backs or leather backs or like random like stuff. Actual, like the actual hardware. Like the actual like case has been modified. Yeah, it's really strange. Crazy. It's like ruski stuff. Um, all right, so what uh, – 
We were going to talk about streaming stuff too briefly. Yes. What's going on? Do you do you have cable? No, I cut I cut the cord um, when I moved into my new apartment. Oh, cool. It was too expensive. We might do that too. So it, if you're listening, Time Warner. Well, you know what? Get your shit together. You know, I, I also noticed that the the main problem with my cable my cable service or my internet service was because it was splitting a line between cable to the television and cable for the internet. Oh wow. So when I stopped doing that, I have had I have had absolutely zero problems with Time Warner since I cut my television. Interesting. Um, oh, interesting. Which is great because I rely on the internet way more than I do on cable TV and I I only watch TV I only watch like the premium channels. I don't do sports. I don't know what's happening on network television. I'm just like a movie junkie and like a series junkie. Um so I, I just do straight up Apple TV, and I have a Netflix account. I have someone's Hulu account. I have someone's HBO Go. One of them is my parents. One of them I can't remember. Um, and you know, I get everything I need. And now HBO just started selling direct to people like you. Yes. Yeah, so not does that excite there, you? But. No. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do it. We might do that. We're just waiting for Mad Men to be over because I do really like to watch that live, and I think that's the only thing for me mm. that I do like to watch some stuff live. Yeah. But I think that after Mad Men, I'll be able to get over it. There's just too much stuff. There's just too much stuff now. Like there are too many shows to to like schedule your life around them. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's funny about streaming is, like, do you remember when Netflix was, everyone was just like, oh, Netflix is over because they lost one of their biggest deals in terms of streaming movies? Oh, yeah, when Stars went away? Yeah. And every, I honestly thought that was the end of Netflix, too, because there's just like this, there's no, no more party down. Yeah, there was no more party down. There was, I don't think you could get, I think the Tudors was gone, or I can't remember if that was Showtime or not, but like, they <laughs> lost a lot of good shit. And then, they lost a lot of Bond movies. Yeah, they lost, so, and like, everyone was really worried about them, but the, Original programming on streaming is something that's really interesting to me now. Yeah. Um, they're investing in, in big ways. And I think the only really, really successful ones have been Orange is the New Black and uh, House of Cards. But um, Amazon has a bunch of decent stuff, too. Transparent. No, I, Transparent was that's good. That's on Amazon only? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. See, too. this is the new – it never really mattered – what network stuff was on because you had all of them. But yeah. now that all these different streaming services show up through different pipes, yeah. now all of a sudden you have to know where the damn thing um, is. But I, I will say I, I really dislike the, how they drop all the episodes at once. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I like binge-watching a series for the second, like, again, after I've seen it, like, lot, mm-hmm. like in its schedule. And I like binge-watching a series that I need to catch up on. But I don't, you know, I like... Last season for Game of Thrones, I got the screeners, so I had watched the three, the first three episodes before the first one even aired, and it totally ruined the entire experience for me because I like to see it, I like to develop it, and it's like you know it's a little Sunday night reward, mm-hmm. and it just I don't I don't like the way that they drop it all at once because it ruins you don't get the mileage out of it that you want. Yeah, I mean it's something to it's it sounds lame, but like you know sitting down and watching a show on Sunday night like Silicon Valley is tonight too, and like oh yeah. Um, it's it's a nice kind of wait. Is Veep back too? Uh, I think Veep is back soon. Whoa. I don't know if it's tonight. Veep is back. Um, I think it's a ne- maybe next weekend. We watched. I'm gonna look this up. But it'll be interesting to see how tonight goes with Game of Thrones because HBO Go, HBO Television, and HBO Now are all going to be under extreme stress. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. It's it's interesting. I mean, I also back think tonight, baby. Veep. Veep is back tonight. Oh yeah. So it's Game of Thrones, Silicon Valley, and Veep in one night. Who's gonna get off the couch? And Mad Men for the seven people who still watch it, including me. Um, I think that I kind of see what you're saying. Like, I think that House of Cards, we haven't watched the whole third season because we just got really bored with it. And if it was on, if it was episodic and dropped once a week, I think we'd more, it's, it would be more likely that we would have stuck with it. Because you're not like, oh, I have to do another episode of this. Yeah, it's just you get, um, you get, there's a fatigue. Yeah, yeah. And I can't believe it already got picked up for a fourth season. Sorry, I'm being rude and looking at Instagram, and here's a watch ad for Tiffany. Introducing the Tiffany watch collection inspired by New York, crafted in Switzerland. No funny. Wait, is that the men's collection? Yeah. They're really beautiful watches, actually. Tiffany's creative director is really awesome. Well, you know, I didn't know this, but Tiffany is responsible for the phrase New York Minute. No, I didn't know that. The clock. Did you learn that when they were marketing the watch to you? Yes, I did. <laughs> but the clock that stands outside Tiffany's, that's where it came from. Oh, that's very interesting. Oh, yeah, the hashtag is Tiffany NY Minute. Boom. They actually are really good at, at advertising and marketing, oh. I think. It's not... It doesn't always. I mean, their new creative director, their women's stuff is pretty great. But in general, it's not like my aesthetic. I'm not like a Tiffany person. No. But I think that they do a really good job at, at advertising. Well, and they've got, I mean, they've got Breakfast at Tiffany's behind them. So it's just like, I mean, if you have that, it's like. Yeah. What else do you what want? You yeah. Well, it is about a prostitute. <laughs> you did. And I've never seen it. But I know how to we sing that song. Book. We have the oh, book. Oh, cool. Um, all right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up. Okay. <laughs> John, thanks for thanks for coming over. Yeah. If you can follow John on Twitter at John Genuzzi, but you probably already do because he has like 8,100 million followers. It's two N's and two Z's. And what else What else do you want to plug? Do you have a, a Tumblr that people should check out? or? No, I think do if you... Do you still tumble? I do. do tumble? I do tumble. It's some pretty random What's stuff. your tumblarity these days? Do they still uh, have that? No, but I, I, I have one of the best ones. He has a good Tumblr. He just said one of the best ones. I don't know if that'll come up because he like whispered it. <laughs> no, I yeah. Well, back, my dad ha- also has pretty good Tumblrity. Your 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 dad's Tumblr is pretty legit. I think he's one of the only people I still follow because it's <laughs> everyone I everyone I follow is slowly devolved into the fourteen year old girl. I always was like kind of concerned that they were, but they definitely all are. Nice. Um, yeah. This was fun. Cool. Thanks for joining us. Well, this has been The Needle and the Mouse. Uh, This show was recorded on Sunday, the 12th of April, 2015. Please send us. Hillary is officially running. running. Hashtag. What was the terrible hashtag? Waiting for the Hillary's announcement or something. Having a baby. Great. Um, She's birthing a nation. Terrible. You can always uh, send us questions at hello at theneedleandthemouse.com or on Twitter at Needle and Mouse, which is where you can follow us for the weekly show announcement. Yeah, and please send us some questions. We didn't ask, we didn't um, prompt you guys this week, but we will do one next week if you ask us. Yeah, and uh, along with Lauren Sherman, I'm Dan Fromer, and our theme music is by Alan Lawrence. Love you, Alan. Uh, we'll have to find Alan's web address so that next time we can properly promote him. <laughs> We're not 
not going to give anyone Alan's email. Uh, needle in the mo- the needle. What's our website? Theneedleinthemouse.com. Yeah. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. See ya.